Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle, the car with an ass that won't quit. Uh, and I'm Henry, the horny whistling wolf in a zoot suit. <laughs> ooh, ooh. It's, uh, <laughs> um, I did a. You'd think I was talking about the mask, but it's a totally different movie and not, a much worse one. Yeah, it's oddly enough, it it's a prequel to Mask esque films that also occurred in the 90s it's sort of like a spiritual sequel to roger Ra- who claimed roger rabbit but in no way is it uh a sequel or a movie no that anyone not, should have made a, or watched right it's like if uh if roger if, if who framed roger rabbit made you want to take like three acid showers after watching it yeah uh it is the most one of the most skin crawly things I have seen in a while. So we're uh, we're talking Kim Basinger, yep, American actress Kim Basinger, Oscar winner for for, for L- L.A. Confidential, L.A. Right? Confidential, I think okay. in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, that sounds about late nineties. Right. Yeah, L.A. Confidential time. Did you see uh, it? I haven't seen it. L.A. Confidential. I saw it a long time ago. Uh, it's my sort of movie. I mean, I love noir. Yeah, movies. me too. Um, it seems like my kind of thing. Yeah, uh, but I also, my other side is I don't really like Guy Pierce, mm. and uh, and so that's, uh, really it cuts either direction, because it's Guy Pierce and Russell Crowe are the detectives in oh, that, I okay. think, and I don't really like either of them, so it's hard for me to be drawn to that vehicle, even though the rest of it seems like a thing I would like. Yeah, Russell Crowe's real hit and miss for me, and Kim Basinger, I'm really, like, oddly not familiar with her in many movies at all, so no, this was a horrible a- movie to get to know her in. She's 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 got a very like default character setting in a video game vibe. Yeah, like she's like like she's so symmetrical in every way. Uh, I mean, it really feels like she's the sort of basic setting, and then you can like add or subtract things to make a more like interesting basic appearing person. Yeah, yeah, right. Basic, right, right in the name there. So she made a movie, sort of. She was conned into a movie no this seems like a voluntary choice i feel like yeah, I, I feel like yeah. it, she she gets to play a sexy cartoon and that is probably where the elevator pitch started and ended and she signed right up and then this happened to her and all of us yeah it's this somebody so as with all these movies somebody had to make this movie and somebody had to like not just make it but like convince a bunch of other people that have a lot of money to put a lot of money into making this yeah. movie and they had to like be compelling and and make a strong argument. Thirty million dollars. This was a thing that needed to exist. Thirty million dollars. Thirty million dollars in nineteen ninety two. That is no small feat for whatever the fuck we just watched. Yeah. Uh, although you know, like when I think about sort of what what was America like that like made people really fall in love with Bill Clinton, and it sort of feels like this movie <laughs> helps explain that for me a little bit. Just like. Super horny, just boobs and butts. outlandish cartoon yeah. porn, but as a mainstream movie. Uh, so t- we're talking Cool World. Cool World, which I had only experienced as like a uh, a VHS cover, basically for my entire life of like young yeah. Brad Pitt and cartoon Kim Basinger on the cover, mm-hmm. and that's like really all I knew about it. Same. 
Yeah, and then I watched the trailer and I was like, interesting. Uh This can't be good, but it might be a lot to talk about. Uh, Yeah, so this movie, we'll get into what it's about. This is... Henry texted me before we filmed, before we recorded this podcast and said that it was unacceptably horny. And that is the only way to describe what we just experienced. This is one of the horniest movies I've ever seen. Same. Oh and, my God, same. And it's, you know, it's just unacceptable. Like the, it's unacceptable <laughs> levels of horny. And it's also the, the things it chooses to be horny about are unacceptable. <laughs> Yeah, like, they sexualize lots of things and lots of. Th- yeah, there are I don't know. there are some moments in this movie that I I just have to I have a hard time being in, imagine being in the writers' room or like being an animator oh on God. a cell and being told you have to draw this cartoon rabbit grabbing its chest and making a breast out of it. Yeah. Uh, That that was a low light. This movie felt to me, based on the animation, which I would describe as kind of like dark, dark, horny, semi-psychedelic Looney Tunes. It's just, at any given time, in any given shot, you are watching between 6 and 12 little cartoons in the periphery just gyrate, bounce around, and squirt liquids. And, like, that's not even the main focus of any given shot. It's the most distracting thing ever, and it feels like whoever animated it needed to get this out of their system. Right. It was, <laughs> they it were going more, to lose it. <laughs> it was more of a purge than a creative process. Uh, like, bloodletting, but for, yeah. for film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the fact that, yeah, in, in these, like, serious scenes, you'll have people, like, yeah. having a, what is... The movie's trying to communicate as like an emotional interaction. Hmm. Uh, obviously, it's not great at that. But and in the in the frame, there's like a chef chasing a, like a a bikini clad, muscly woman around with an uh, an axe and like <laughs> three mice flying fighter planes shooting each other and like a Nazi dog and they're all just there while like Brad Pitt's professing his love to a cartoon woman. Yes. And, and to like, that's a real thing that happened. That is real. That's hilarious. There are so many scenes where I couldn't even parse all of the things that were happening at once because they totally miscalculated how much the human eye is able to like absorb and understand per second. And I just couldn't uh-huh. do it all. And then uh-huh. it's just like fucking anvils, 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 and pianos just falling from the sky to end every scene. Um... So many. Did this happen? This came after Roger Rabbit, right? Yes, which is why okay. it was even. I think it might have gotten a better reception, not a good reception, but a better reception, like critically and like in terms of box office. But Roger Rabbit like set the bar, and then this thing happened, and it was so much worse. Like, yeah, I feel like they. Did... Without Roger Rabbit, this could never happen, right? Like. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was there. Some somebody's pitch meeting was like, "All right, let's take Roger Rabbit." But what if Roger Rabbit was just about Bob Hoskins trying to fuck Jessica Rabbit, and that was the whole movie? Yeah. So he's like, "Hmm, okay, yeah, well, I, I can think see we that got happening." Something a lot of going here. A lot of horny dads out there who could go for that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, the plot almost doesn't matter because it really just is about wanting to fuck a cartoon. But to describe the plot. 
What would you say this movie is like about beyond a man trying to have sex with a cartoon woman? Is there anything well, else? Well, so the fun part of this movie is that they don't really introduce the central conflict. It's sort of like they allude to it. And like only by the end of the movie, do you even understand what the stakes were supposed to be? Yeah. Uh, but Gabriel Byrne is a, uh, you would think disgraced comic book artist, but in fact, very famous comic book artist who also murdered his wife's lover yeah. and just gets out of prison. And he's been drawing this cool world cartoon series, uh, starring this like hypersexualized blonde cartoon character woman named Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets pulled into the cool world world, which is this like pre-existing cartoon universe. Uh, and he, uh, and Hollywood, the cartoon Kim Basinger character, is real, just really wants to fuck him. Just really wants to fuck him so bad. Uh, and Brad Pitt plays a <laughs> former U.S. World War II veteran who, after a motorcycle accident that killed his mother, was pulled into Cool World. And he becomes the one of the only two... Well, no, I guess there's other police because there's like he's a detective in Cool World whose only responsibility, as far as I can tell, because it's the only rule in Cool World, is to keep human beings from having sex with cartoons. (laughs) Despite the fact that he wants to do it so bad, he wants to do it the most. Yes, he's he's a very there's a lot of lot of Mm. paper devoted to his desire to fuck his cartoon live-in girlfriend. but anyway, so Kim Basinger really wants to fuck Gabriel Byrne, and Gabriel Byrne clearly really wants to fuck cartoon Kim Basinger. Eventually they do. She becomes human yes. and figures out a way to get into the Las Vegas universe, the real Las Vegas, yes. and then like kind of runs rampant in Las Vegas to try to get to a, a spike, the power spike that... I guess you, she wants... They never introduce, really. No, uh, they introduce it for a second the at the beginning, and then it's the main focus for the last 15 minutes of the movie. Right, and then she wants to pull the spike out and have power, f- and that's never explained. <laughs> and uh, and it's like unleashes this like mayhem of cartoons, and Gabriel Byrne turns into a cartoon and puts the spike back. Kim Basinger kills Brad Pitt, and then he comes back as a cartoon and can fuck his girlfriend, and that's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the movie. Oh my god. So Okay, so the Brad Pitt story is what yes. we open on. Yes. This well, is... no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. We open on, <laughs> we open two, on minutes two minutes of, of a black credits. screen with some cartoon words <laughs> like played over this like grotesque jock jams intro music that just with, keeps with saying the only play, with play with me. With me. <laughs> play with me. It's it really it's an interesting amuse bouche for the viewing experience given that the rest of the viewing experience is this like constant overwhelming stream of sewage and the beginning is very tasteful. The beginning is also very retro. Like no one had the yeah. attention span for two minutes of black screen and plain blue credits in 1992. This yeah. is like a 1940s thing, and you think that that would like set the tone, but then the movie's whole like the pacing. And, like, the attention span of this film is just methy. It's just like, oh, I'm going to do this other thing. Wait, there's a guy. Honk, honk. Oh, pretty lady. That's like... (laughs) There's so many honkings. They honk so many butts and boobs. Um, This movie's disrespect for its audience uh, (laughs) is... It's real. like... 
I don't know if you I tell me if you noticed this. In the beginning, they like they think their audience is so fucking dumb that they they need the title card to say Las Vegas nineteen forty five. Yes. And then immediately pan to a hangar that says Las Vegas huge on it and a bunch of World War II soldiers getting out of a clearly World War II plane. Like, you don't need to tell us it's Las Vegas 1945 with a fucking Chiron. It's right, like... Do you ever wonder if, like, this was subject to, like, some test audiences that actually didn't get it? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Because who were the test audiences and also who sat through this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So after you endure several minutes of credits... Along with the song that just is like, play with me, um, <laughs> which we're absolutely going to put in the end of this podcast. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, it's just like a little mini film within a film about Brad Pitt coming back from the war, buying himself a motorcycle, giving his mom a ride, getting hit by a drunk driver, and then inexplicably getting like tearing through the fabric of the real world and getting sucked into cartoon world. I guess I guess we needed it. I guess we needed lots of backstory on all these characters because then there would be no movie. But like none of it drives any of the action forward. Also, the guy who's the cartoon artist that created Cool World, they give him this whole backstory about how he was in prison and he's like sketching Hollywood in prison and then he gets let out of prison and he's interacting with people in a comic book store. None of it matters. There's, like, all this weird buildup. You're like, okay, so, like, maybe it's going to be about who he was or what he did. And it's just him wide-eyed and baffled for the entire film. Ne- never returned to in any way. In any way. Oh. I, I do like when they're introducing Gabriel Byrne in the, uh, the comic book store. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's famous in a weird way. He's a cartoonist who puts, like, a just a real photograph of his face on the cover of every comic book uh, yeah. I assume just so the the in, assumed incredibly dumb audience can understand who he is yes. and there's this moment, it's one of my highlights uh, like everybody's mobbing him asking for his autograph and there's this tiny old man in a bucket hat and nerd glasses yeah. that are taped together in the middle who says, who are you? Gabriel Byrne says who he is and he says "Ah, stay well and leaves and that's it <laughs> I love that. That was great. They just let someone wander onto set. It, it was like it felt like a real Stan Lee cameo moment, but like yeah. not at all. It's not important. <laughs> not a person. Who was that guy? Oh man, yeah. The the woman at the comic book store is kind of hitting on him, and he refuses her, presumably because he's just obsessed with wanting to fuck his cartoon, and she's the only woman for him. Uh, yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah, so he gets sucked into Cartoon World, and oh wait, there's a thing that hasn't that hasn't happened or has already happened that we want to talk about. Oh. Uh, so there was, there's like like five different kinds of animation in this movie, right? I was there's just like about the, to say there are so okay. many kinds of animation. Because there's the like cartoon Kim Basinger sort of regular character animation. Uh-huh. There's the like the little still sort of similar animation well, stuff around. Yep. And then there's the like. Totally different animation style floating across the screen things because there's like this moment where cartoon Kim Basinger rubs up on baby Brad Pitt in his zoot suit. Yeah. And for whatever moment, this like 
crudely drawn cartoon Spuds McKenzie just floats across the screen. <laughs> yeah. And there's this like weird thing where they'll have it's so many layers. So there's like the the Looney Tunesy bouncy characters that are just littered across every scene. And then there's the background characters that are just drawn static background, but they're still like maybe like three guys in a band at the nightclub, but they don't ever move and they're clearly just a background like template. And then there's the literal background that's like a school play that's also very cartoony and that's just like cut out pieces of wood and cardboard in every scene. It's so much to look at. It's so yeah. hardcore. Yeah. I was wondering about that. If the if the backgrounds if like Brad Pitt is on a green screen and it's all cartoon background or if he's in a like a corporeal IRL set that's drawn to look like a cartoon because there's moments of like his shadow on the wall where I was like hmm. that's either some really interesting cartooning or yeah or they're just on like a crude third grade set. I couldn't tell. It really looked to me like they made like they built a studio and then they painted over things with cartoons. In a yeah. lot of instances, but not all. There didn't seem to be any rules. There weren't any rules at all. <laughs> there's well, there's no. There's only one rule in Cool World, <laughs> yeah, which you... is explicitly that was it. Doodles, what they call cartoons, yep. cannot have sex with noids, that what is they call humans. The only rule. The only rule. I. This is a question I had. Yeah. If okay, so. One, who's making laws in Cool World? Like, is there... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there a legislature? Is there a king? Because the, only one law. Nobody dies, right? So, like, the only thing that... There's, like, no consequences in Cool World unless you have sex with... How often is this happening, right? Like, yeah, how if so, has it why happened? Do you make the, how do, why do you make the only other human in Cool World the cop to enforce it? That seems like a really bad system. That is a terrible system. There's, like... Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a system of law... And then the movie assumes that we know everything that's going on already. All of mm -hmm. the characters, like, okay. It feels so, like a sequel. Yeah, it does. <laughs> because Kim Basinger is highly motivated to have sex with a human man. And she mm -hmm. is 100% positive that once she has sex with him in Cool World, that will turn her into a corporeal human being. How does she know this? How do people know anything in this movie? And those rules, I don't remember that being explained until it happens in the movie. Oh, and when it happens. And when it, ooh, oh, boy, and when it happens, Boise. though. Uh, there's, of the many assumptions that this movie makes, you know, about how stupid its audience is, uh, th there's an assumption that any human man, when presented with the opportunity to have sexual intercourse with a cartoon, yep. will do so in a heartbeat. Uh -huh. And, frankly... I reject this assertion. It was it's, every guy... <clears throat> what? I guess there's been a lot of sexualized, like, female cartoons over the years up until this point in the 90s. Like, it's all the guys that wanted to have sex with, like, what, all the Disney characters? Betty Boop? Yeah. I guess <laughs> it's got a real, like, Big Johnson t-shirt vibe to it, too. Mm hmm Like, it's... They're... Yeah. There's all these practical questions I have about it, right? Like, because she talks about not being able to taste or touch things, yes. too, early in yeah. the movie. But, like... People are she constantly can, eating and drinking and fucking. Yeah, and she can... Yeah, she can clearly have a cartoon orgasm that turns her corporeal. Yes. So, like... Th and, like, explodes say, a window. It does explode a window. <laughs> and, uh, and ends up... 
I think sort of through the transitive property, giving orgasms to like four other of like her terrible baby henchmen. Man, that was uh, the grossest scene. I was like out of my seat upset about that. I'm like, they're not going to really show it. They're not going to. She's having. She's had. I mean, they don't show everything, but that you. I mean, it's not a full penetration pornographic scene. You do but like, see like a cartoon Kim Basinger riding a full, like real flesh and blood Gabriel Byrne, and it it haunts me. And I'm so mad that the, they did this to her. Yeah, and <laughs> simultaneously, her like terrible like goblin baby. Uh, and BDSM relationship, like, uh, cartoon hench people are just stacking detritus on top of itself so they can watch watch cartoon Kim Basinger have sex with corporeal Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Uh, Her little hench guy is like, um, he's like a lippy, purple Freddy Krueger baby. He's got, like, Wolverine claws and huge lips. Everything in this movie, okay, too many lips too many tongues way mm-hmm. too many tongues too, people too many butts too many yeah. butts people laugh with their mouths wide open and their teeth and their tongues just lolling out and it's just oh there's so many fluids there are way too many fluids yeah yeah no the there's a moment during the car chase where the horrible old like the elderly knife baby yeah. uh is being chased by a car full of like keystone cops mm-hmm. and he just gets up and pees on them he does like it's like a fire hose. Uh, these are also the only other... As far as I can tell, there's, like, the detective, which is uh, Brad Pitt, yep. and this, like, Spider-Man. Not like Spider-Man, but He's a man like, who is a spider. He looks like a little... Um, what does he look like? Uh, he's sort of like if, like if an animaniac had, like, way too yeah. many arms. Like, it took yeah, me a while of. to realize that he was a spider. But he's, like, a right. little buggy guy. And then there's these horrible gross little henchmen that follow around Kim Basinger. I mean and like one of them is in this like really intense subdom sexual relationship with the rest of them, right? There's like one <laughs> yeah. who has like a collar, he's being led around by a collar. He's not a he's not coded as a dog, he's coded as a person and he asks to be killed by some at some point, <laughs> but in like a like a sexy way. Um uh, I think they hang him at some point. Oh like my he's... God, are you kidding me? There's so much uh, of this movie I missed while I was watching stuff in that same shot. Yeah, I did a lot of like pausing and rewinding That's a because smart there's move. just just so much happening. Is it? Is it though? <laughs> it kind of is because you it's... know more about this movie than I do. I feel like I only understand a third of it, even though I was looking every which way trying to understand it because the human eye can only absorb so much at one time. Yeah, I I wrote down a series of things that happened one after the other. Uh, they're just they're all low lights, but let's just hit them. So okay. they're on like uh, cartoon Kim Basinger's hench people. There's like a springy haired cartoon woman who, when Gabriel Byrne appears, she climbs up Gabriel Byrne's pant leg and then pops out his fly. Uh, oh yeah. There's while they're in the alley. There's a chef. There's this yeah chef with a giant axe chasing around this incredibly <laughs> buff bodybuilder woman in a brassiere. Uh, the fucking uh, Brad Pitt gets into his poli- his his corporeal police car. Yes. Very confusing. Being driven by Nails the Spider Boy, mm-hmm. uh, who says, "I'm just going to quote this directly. Did I ever tell you about the time I picked up the most delightfully stacked hussy from the projects?" And then we just move on from there. Oh my god. Uh, there's a bunch of bugs in suits 
So, like, uh, Brad Pitt and Nails drive away and leave a flattened cat underneath their car, because yeah. that's fun. And that's there's a bunch fine. of bugs in suits that laugh at it, and then a cartoon cow falls from the sky and crushes one of the bugs. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then immediately cut to this line of multicolored skeletons dancing in the foreground while a legless pear-shaped man dances in the background. And it's not until they get to the door that they realize he's the bouncer. It's a bouncer joke, because yeah. he's a bouncer. And then they go into the club, and there's this, like, bearded, Bluto-looking guy twerking against the wall. Like, well before twerking's a thing, as far as I know. Uh, the, the one, and that's when Brad Pitt tells Gabriel Byrne the one rule. The one rule in Cool World is noids don't have sex with doodles, so keep your pencil in your pocket. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. He also, so Brad Pitt has a love interest in this movie. And there's like yes. there's another kind of vampy. She's a little bit more like Betty Pagey. Like her um her black hair looks like if hair were formed into a turban on her head. Yeah, uh, she's it's very solid. Yeah, she's his love interest, but he has morals, so he is not going to have sex with a cartoon, and he doesn't want to kiss her. And he says, "Quote, don't because we can't finish it, and it's frustrating. I'm like a plug without a socket." And I had to have it explained to me that he meant that he couldn't start to have sex with her because she was a cartoon and he had morals. I fully thought that he just was trying to explain that he couldn't finish. (laughs) (laughs) And I was convinced. And Jesse was like, no, 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 100% no. He is saying he won't have sex with her because he won't do it. He won't let himself do it. Like, I think he just can't finish. (laughs) I'm so upset. Why would they put that? I mean, even in this movie, I don't know. I don't know, but like, that's where we're at now is that's what I thought was happening. And it checked out to the point where I was like, I was vehemently uh, arguing that that's what he meant. Dude, this movie is so creepy and, like, so squishy. There's so many squishy, bouncy things. Everything's bouncing. Everything's excreting. Yeah. Yes, correct. I do love... So, there's not much I love about this movie. But basically, all of the things I like are Brad Pitt interacting with... Physically interacting with cartoons. Oh, I love that. And Yeah, he... He's uh, throwing his arm around his, his lady... When he gives her the back rub, and it's clear that he's just putting his hands down and, like, squeezing them a little bit, and then somebody doesn't even really animate around it. It's just, like, they let his hands go through her shoulders. (laughs) Uh, He smokes a cartoon cigarette, and a smoke hippo comes out, and then he, like, puts the cartoon cigarette out on his arm like a badass. Uh, Those are great. There's there's also uh, the... I genuinely love the architecture of Cool World. Like, most of it is a horrible nightmare escape, and I don't want to spend a minute in it. But there's, like, these spiral skyscrapers and these, like, face-shaped buildings with smoke and dance written on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of of spires, a lot of, like, dark, gritty, kind of like Tim Burton before Tim Burton was doing this kind of thing. Like, everything's sort of purple and black and wet. And, like, there's a lot of weird... It's incredibly uh, wet. A lot of, like, taglines and, like, a lot of... Uh, like everything's kind of like an evil speakeasy. Yeah, absolutely. And they're all the cartoons seem to be like somehow connected to each other too. Because like when when Kim Basinger is about to have sex with Gabriel Byrne, mm-hmm. like the entirety of Cool World stops. <laughs> they have a hive mind for sex with. A they have a hive mind 
for the one forbidden taboo sex. Because, like, there's, there's a, like, cartoons beating each other up that both stop and, like, turn. And uh, this, yeah. this, like, matronly mother rabbit feeding her baby rabbits says, <laughs> yeah. man is in the bedroom. And both of the baby rabbits turn to each other and, like, ooh, yeah. That scene happened in another movie. That was animated just, like, out of a, a B Disney movie and thrust into this movie. It was, like... The thrust animation the thrust always being the operated board. Yeah, there is so much weird-ass animation. Oh, and then, like, the black and white things that just, like, hover around the screen. Do you know what I'm talking about? The faces? Yeah, the faces. They're, they're the totally different animation. It's sort of like the Spuds McKenzie dog. Yeah, the, the Spuds. The Fultry screen is one of those. Yeah, like... It'll, it looks like a crude drawing, like, when, um, when you animate something to look like it's a first draft. And it's, like, just white with, like, black kind of movie sketchy, like, almost like flash animation looking, like, lines. And then that is just, like, a creepy face that revolves across the screen, looks at you, and then exits out of frame while, like, nine other things are happening in the background. I feel like somebody's cousin really wanted to draw for this movie. And they're like, okay, you can you yeah. can draw the skulls that float across the screen. I don't care if you can't draw. They're... Did they have, like, a bunch of animation teams that never got to meet? That feels possible. Like, they rented out multiple floors of, like, a, a multi-story building, and every floor was locked and confined so that they couldn't communicate with the floors <laughs> above and below it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Isolation chambers? Yeah. Uh, so, God, there's a, we could, this could go in any number of directions. Uh, Ooh, you know what I like? In addition to Brad Pitt not being able to, like, uh, interact with the cartoon world in a way that makes any sense, and it's entirely distracting, he's throwing his arm around, like, his girlfriend, and all you watch is his stiff arm hover in midair while she kind of exists underneath it. Mm-hmm. Eyeline was a big problem in this movie. Matching the eyeline of, like, oh, a yeah. noid to a doodle. You get all these scenes where Brad Pitt is supposed to be evoking, I guess, emotion or reacting to someone else in the scene, and instead what you get are his cold, dead eyes just staring at a wall and like nodding his head up and down and then it's his turn to speak and then he reacts it's mm-hmm. it's like when you've completely zoned out and your eyes have glazed over on a friend's conversation because you are already thinking about what you're going to say next exactly yep uh he's i think part of that is they're like they're trying to really lean into the noir like strong silent type thing which yeah you know i i don't i don't hate that as a as a move for no. this movie, uh, partly because he's, there's a lot wrong with this movie. He is beautiful. I know. He, he is the eye candiest of eye candy. Like his pompadour, his zoot suit that like never looks good on anybody, but looks really good on him. Yep. And he's, so I assume that he was like 20 when they made this movie, given just how like perfect he's cherubic. Like a doll. He's yeah. he's 30, he's 30 when they made this movie. Oh, what a, isn't that weird? That's, that's so weird. Also, fucking A, good for him. Yeah, My word. No, no kidding. He's yeah. really kept, kept it tight. I, so, like, I was saying, like, Jesse watched this movie with me. It was one of the only ones he's watched with me. And he was like, straight up, if Brad Pitt wasn't in this and he wasn't so beautiful, I would have walked out. 
Yeah, it's yeah. really it's a, it's what keeps the movie together. You can't have this movie if it was just Gabriel Byrne alone in a cartoon world. He's so sweaty and pallid and like looks mm-hmm. like he has the Spanish flu. Like that guy, <laughs> he looks like he has tuberculosis. <laughs> yes, yes, he's he's gaunt personified. I understand that they needed to make him look disheveled, but did they need to make him look like he didn't have blood in his body anymore? <laughs> I mean that is Gabriel Byrne's natural state, though, I guess right? So. Like, I don't. I don't I'm think never... I remember what his natural state is. It's kind of been a while since I watched Gabriel Byrne in anything. Yeah, I've never seen a Gabriel Byrne movie where he doesn't kind of look like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, he looks real bad. Kim Basinger looks... is a beautiful lady, but they hid her entire face behind what I would say sixty percent of her face is just hidden behind big puffy bangs. So corporeal Kim Basinger. Uh, and I do want to go back to the the moments where she turns corporeal, uh, but she's like a mix between like a fembot, yeah, and like a Betty Boop impersonator, and just sort of like a deranged Barbie doll. Mm-hmm. And like when you combine all of those things, you basically picture Kim Basinger made corporeal in this. And the the outfits they put her in are, I mean, they're like embarrassing stripper mm-hmm. wear. I yeah, guess. yeah. She it. It reads like she didn't really want to be recognized in this movie, so they hid her <laughs> face, but they still got to give her first billing. She gets first billing, right? No, 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 I no. Mean, she... No, she doesn't. Just kidding. Does Brad Pitt get first billing? Wait, actually, or I need Gabriel to check Bird. up on that. Her her name, I remember, being at the top, which is crazy, because... I mean, she's... She was kind of in... She's arguably the main character of this movie. That's true. Like... She is the main character. Yeah, she got first billing. Jesse's giving me the, the yes. <laughs> he came all the way upstairs from downstairs to nod his head and go back downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess you could say that she's sort of the villain, but she's also kind of the main character. Because who is the villain? They try to play it like Gabriel Byrne is the villain, but the cartoonist isn't really the villain because he doesn't do anything wrong. Everyone's no, worried, be like, oh, you want to have sex with this Noid? Like, I mean, he gets sort of seduced by or by this doodle. I he, would argue he does one thing wrong. He does have sex with a cartoon. <laughs> but other than that, like, he's not really, like, a negative influence on the cartoon society. He just sort of no, exists there. He does enable a short-term cartoon-based apocalypse. Uh, That's true. But, but, the, but that is by having sex with uh, with Kim Basinger. And... Uh, and Based on a rule set that's never explained to us. Like, nobody says that she turns human and then can enter the human world and, like, you know, rip the fabric of time and space. No, he's just been obsessed Uh, in prison over this thing that he drew, and then he gets to touch it, and that's just, like, home run. But also, like, they don't tell you until, I want to say, the last half hour of the movie that there's the possibility of both worlds dissolving because they have joined... They kind of explain it in a car ride, like, oh, by the way, yeah, because if these two, like, Brad Pitt throws a throwaway line, like, if these two worlds were to collide, they'd both be destroyed. And the entire movie, I was just so confused, like, okay, sex with a cartoon, I get it, I get it, but, like, what is anyone, what's, what are the stakes? What's happening? Why do you care? Why would any of this even be illegal, except for that it's immoral, question mark? They don't explain it. This movie's bananas. It is is weird. Uh, Did you notice, right around the time that uh, 
you know, Kim Basinger fucks Gabriel Byrne and it tears a hole in the universe. Oh my God. Uh, that there's a turn happens in the way this movie is written. And uh, the use of doodle changes from being used exclusively as like to refer to the race of cartoons uh-huh. into like this sort of Smurf like flexibility or like Marklar like flexibility oh, where yeah. uh, it's like start saying things like I don't give a doodle or <laughs> uh, we're just noids and noids can't just doodle here. Like <laughs> no, those you can't, they just start making them into any word, it's any not a standard. Pun. It's not a play on anything. It's just that they needed to get that word out more times. Right, but they don't. I mean, they don't start th- like the first half of the movie. Uh-uh. It's just used to refer to them. Uh, <laughs> the uh, okay, so there's a lot. Let's just let's talk about the Kim Basinger orgasm that, uh, oh, that explodes the window. Disgusting. There's a lot wrong with all of this, right? Yeah. Like all the all the the gyrating, all of the touching, uh, the 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 on-screen cartoon orgasm. Uh, th- but then, that's not even the worst thing that happens for all of this, because the sidekicks have built the makeshift tower to spy on them. The orgasm explosion happens. Yeah. Uh, you see them falling. And then there's the, like the <laughs> big God. sort of hippo-like sidekick. This is what I was you, about to mention. And you go into his mouth. Yep. And you go through his throat. Yep. And there's like an old man in, on a boat in his throat. And then you come out his actual asshole. You travel through the digestive tract of this cartoon hippo question mark. And you exit out his butthole. And then you continue plummeting towards the earth. And that, if nothing else, is a metaphor for the viewing experience like nothing else I could describe. These were all choices. <laughs> this isn't something that improved on set. Somebody sat down and drew that frame by frame, cell by frame cell. By frame. Yeah, I mean, these were the days where it was, you, you painted a cartoon, someone lovingly, I assume, and with great gusto, painted traveling into and out of a cartoon being leaving via the back door and leaving me to I I mean I just wrote we went out we just exited a butthole in capital letters <laughs> and I, I don't know how to feel about that I mean I do but I don't yeah uh <sighs> um yeah Did you have, were there any other highlights? Because I want to mention one of my highlights. And I I understand that it's a low light. But the butt car, for some reason, I enjoyed seeing a butt on a car. Yeah. So this is when you're, the like, uh, this is Cartoon Kim Basinger's car that, like, once in a while, you'll sort of pull away from it. And they'll just have this fucking big badonk in the back. A butt attached to the back. Just two moving butt cheeks. Yep. It's just, it's. It's twerking. Yeah. It's not good, but it's something. And it's something that felt like it was a little bit more playful and less, like, offensive to my eyeballs. It was still gross. I don't know. I don't know what I liked about this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean... I... I guess it's, it's, it's horny in a less uncanny valley way, yeah. sort of. It, uh... <laughs> it was more cartoony, for cartoony's sake. Oh, man, um... What's going on with... Okay, so 
Kim Basinger like leaves this like nightclub in real life. She's a human person, or she gets into this nightclub and she's she's so excited because there's all these other human men. And even though she entered the club with Gabriel Byrne, she's just super horned up and she is approaching all these men like, ooh, I could have anyone I want. I want to have them all. And she smells a man's mouth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She goes and smells his mustache and mouth. Highlight. And then she, like, treats this sad sack, three-chinned singer like a stripper pole for the course of a song called Let's Make Love that I kind of think had to be written for this movie because it's too gross to be a regular, like, song. Um, It's, like, not a real song. I, I have to hope not. Uh, the so, the, uh, I, I highlight all, all of my highlights are Brad Pitt related. Uh, so Kim Basinger has used a pen to kill, to temporarily kill nails the like Spider Man, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a chalk out. They've drawn a chalk outline of not where his body was because he disappeared into the pen, but I guess like just sort of where he was generally also doesn't make a ton of sense. And, yeah, because the pen sucks uh, cartoons into it. That's how you get rid of them. And yeah, then... although that's that's only... It's not even alluded to. It's like, they say pens are dangerous in this world, and not for another, like, hour do you get to see why. <laughs> yeah. But Brad Pitt, when he sees the chalk outline of nails, he very tenderly puts his human hand on the uh, a hand in the chalk outline. I was like, oh. that's a nice moment, Brad Pitt. That's... That's like a real, that's a real thing in a real movie. Simba. I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that this movie clearly had some kind of, I don't want to say vendetta, but some kind of like motive to animate things that looked like Mickey Mouse and or the Looney Tunes in lots of the scenes and then make them gross. Like, Obviously, Disney and Warner Brothers did not write off on any of this, but there's, like, little Mickeys, like, little old-school, like, 1930s -hmm. Mickeys. Like Like Steamboat Willie. Yes, exactly. And then, like, a lot of stuff that really seems like it's out of a Looney Tune, but, like, a gross B character that appears only in the background. And that's... There's just a lot of stuff like that. I was like, huh, I don't know how intellectual property worked in 1992, or that maybe no one saw this movie, and so no one felt like it was worth pursuing but it kind of seems crazy with all that disney money that they were allowed to make a bunch of animated knockoff mini mickey mouses yeah i guess hey i guess it's sort of fair use because it's kind of parody i mean if it falls under parody then the whole movie is a parody of itself which you know okay uh yeah uh so other highlights uh there's a moment, so when Kim Basinger, like, pulls the spike of power, which still no idea when that's introduced, if at all, uh, these, like, cartoons start descending, sort of Ghostbusters, like, Ghosts and Ghostbusters style, uh, and then people start turning into cartoons also, and there's a moment, like, throughout most of, this is all in Vegas and casinos, yeah. uh, people are, like, turning into cartoons, and, like, people are screaming, seeing people next to them turn into cartoons, and then this, like, roulette dealer turns into this, like, terrible, disgusting, like, lizard man. Uh-huh. And the woman's, the human woman's smoking cigarettes next to him just sort of turns to him, acknowledges it, and just goes back to smoking <laughs> cigarettes. And I really appreciated that moment. That yeah. felt, that was some, like, somebody wrote some good writing for a minute. Yep. And someone's like, this might as well happen on Fremont Street. Sure. Why wouldn't it? Uh, 
Yeah, no, the old strip. God, <laughs> any, anything could happen. It's got to be really fun filming. I mean, this movie's not a great example, but anything meant to be old or just gritty and horrible, like, it just never changes. It's like a time mm -hmm. capsule. So you can mm -hmm. just... You can film anything for any period of time when Vegas existed, and that street is always good for it. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously neither of us paid close enough attention to this movie to know if we're either capable of actually answering these questions, but yeah. do, do they ever mention, before like the things actually happen, the spike of power, or that, like, Gabriel Byrne has a destiny to, like, save the day. Okay, spike of power first occurs when Brad Pitt gets ripped out of his 1945 world. Because oh. all of a sudden, he appears in Cartoon World. It happens super abruptly. And there's this little white thing on screen that looks like a cartoon sperm. And it's meant to be this, like, energy spike. And there's a little cartoon, like, uh, scientist explaining that the spike has torn a hole in something, something. And they do kind of introduce it at the beginning. Okay. So that came back. All right. But I okay. have so but the other question, tip of the hat. though. Yeah, I don't think that they ever... Does Gabriel Byrne know that he's supposed to save anything? No, because, like, Doc Whiskers, the little scientist... Yeah. Uh, says so after so kim basinger just straight up murders brad pitt <laughs> yeah. uh just throws him off a building and he's barely damaged this movie has a really weird understanding of like what physical Physics. experiences happen yes uh but you know he he dies on the on the ground after flying you know falling 50 feet yep. or you know 50 50 stories and uh and then the doc turns to gabriel Byrne and says now it's your turn and Gabriel Byrne's hands turn into cartoon hands and cartoon arms, and they go up to the like top of the building. And he starts climbing up, and the doc turns to this like neighbor girl that's with them and says, "He's fulfilling his destiny." What destiny? I when don't did, know. You can't just introduce a character's destiny when they start doing the thing. That's not. <laughs> that's not how storytelling works. Also. Uh... No one experiences a character arc, I would argue, in this movie whatsoever, Not which is all. almost like a stupid thing to have to say out loud. But at the end of the movie, when uh, the artist, Gabriel Byrne, turns into a cartoon, fully turns into a cartoon, he turns into this superhero character, and that character has a completely different voice and personality. He transforms uh -huh. into a different guy. And he then ceases he's just, to be. Yeah, yeah, and then he's just this perky, do-gooder, Boy Scout uh, superhero who's really really excited to hang out around holly miss hollywood and she fucking hates him and they get trapped in cartoon world together at the end yeah and huh. he also when he turns to superman there's no like there's no stakes to that like suddenly he's a superman yeah. and he just solves everything and then it's he puts the spike that it doesn't overcome anything it just like takes the spike and puts it back and then it's done it really reads like this movie got finished a day before it was due this is a last minute homework kind of situation right and then nails the spider-man comes out of the the pen brings bad pit back to the cart to cool world the cartoon world and he's like sad on the sidewalk and he like brings uh brad pitt's cartoon girlfriend and cartoon girlfriend says like oh was he was he killed by a no like was Kim Basinger annoyed or no a, a doodle when she killed him? He's like, yeah. It's like, well, don't you know 
what happens to Annoyed when they get killed by a doodle in the real world? They become a doodle, and Brad Pitt becomes a cartoon. And that's never introduced. No, if that's... you die at the hands of a doodle, you become a doodle. It's like every rule in this movie makes me feel like I missed a first movie before this one happened. How uh-huh. am I, how's anyone supposed to know this? All the characters seem to have a total understanding of every single part about it. Yeah, there is a series of unexplained rule sets. Uh, oh, hey, um, I happened to notice a credit at the end of the movie, and I'm just curious mm-hmm. if you picked up on this guy appearing in the movie. It said Frank Sinatra Jr. as himself. Oh, I bet that's uh, I bet that's the three-chinned dude because he sounded like Frank Sinatra, the the club singer. Oh shit! Perfect. I, I remember even thinking that like that sounds a lot like Frank Sinatra, ah. but it doesn't look like Frank Sinatra. But that that seems right. Uh, gotcha. So there are. I have I have more questions. Yes. So the neighbor girl that like. Oh yeah follows them around and like briefly turns into a little orphan Annie character and then turns back. She's like, she's crying about Gabriel Byrne. She's really interested in Gabriel Byrne. Do we ever like, do they meet at some point? I have no idea what the fuck is going on with that. Cause first of all, she's like on the phone at the very beginning of the movie talking to, I guess like boyfriend, friend. And then Gabriel Byrne's just moving into the house next door. Very uneventfully. Just mm-hmm. packing boxes. Just a guy moving into the house. Just a yep. guy moving a box from one place to another place. And she gets so distracted that she's like, what? Oh, no, I'm still here. I'm going to have to call you back. And then just goes back <laughs> into the house. <laughs> because apparently him doing the most mundane task just wrapped up all of her inter- uh, attention for the moment. And then she and her friends spend the next, I guess, two hours or hour and a half of this movie breaking and entering. They just like open the door to the house without warning and just enter it like three or four times and volunteer their vehicle to save the day. Like, I don't think it's ever explained why they're even a part of this movie, but they're just like the nosy neighbor. Right. They never build the relationship, right? Like, I I didn't miss that. It's just like suddenly she's obsessed with Gabriel Byrne. She was like, moving van? Gabriel dead? Yep, yep, that guy with the brown hair and the slacks. Sign me on up. (laughs) I will be in and out of your house throughout the movie. You don't know my first name. (laughs) I've always wanted a man with no blood. Um, So So sweaty. So there's... I have more questions. So right before Kim Basinger kills Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt is like pointing a gun at Kim Basinger and is like, don't make me use this, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're both corporeal in this moment. They're both in the real world. And I just started gaming out, like, what happens? What would happen if Brad Pitt shot Kim Basinger? Because, like, she mm-hmm. has no identity. He's been officially dead for 50 years. Yeah. He will claim to be a police officer whose only jurisdiction is a cartoon planet. <laughs> yeah, what if do he you got do- stuck in, like, you mean if he got stuck in the real world? Or just what would the repercussions I'm- of him killing a human woman be? Exactly. What were the repercussions of him killing a human woman in Las Vegas, Nevada? Because he doesn't uh, exist, but also he, exist. he clearly is a man that you can yeah, touch and, and feel and see. Right. Uh, and he'll keep saying he's a police officer, and they'll ask where, and he'll show his cartoon badge. Oh, Brad, man. But you're not thinking this through. I know you're a dumb baby. That's a better movie. That's a movie that has a lot more Brad Pitt in it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... Okay, so, uh, the, 
the way this movie ends yeah. is that Brad Pitt turns into a cartoon, mm-hmm. and then they we universally acknowledge he gets to have sex with his cartoon girlfriend, Yep. and that's the happy ending of the movie. That is all we needed out of this movie. Yeah, we needed not once but twice to think about cartoons having sex. We needed to know that they were capable of having real human sex, but also sex with each other is just as good. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. feel like... Okay, what's that cartoon from the 70s, the, the dirty one with the cat? Fritz, 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 Fritz the, the cat. cat. I feel yeah. like someone grew up on Fritz the cat at like a oh, formative yeah. year. And then that was just in there, just in there, and it needed to get unleashed. And then they like maybe went to cartooning school. They went to art school, and like some stuff happened in between. And then this movie needed to be exercised from their body and mind. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's too much. This movie's too much. Uh, Everyone hated it. It got 6% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was, like, universally uh, despised. It made $14 million, so it lost $16 million. Which, for a movie like this, with, like, these actors and that budget, that is a really bad... That's a tough loss. Did you find anything else about it? What else did I find out about it? Hmm, let's just uh, let's find out right now. I feel like I should have done some more trivia searching. I mean, so, I mean, there was... It turns out, for a movie that's as boring as this movie, there's a lot to talk about. about it. It's a thing we didn't really talk about here. The movie's boring. Like, for everything oh, yeah. going on on screen, and, like, all of the weird shit happening... Big time boring. There's so little plot... And it moves weirdly so slowly. I know. I was wondering, like, about halfway through, I'm like, how is so much going on that I'm getting dizzy and yet nothing is going on? And I don't... I've watched a cartoon have an orgasm and it bummed me out and that's all I have as far as plot points go. And it feels like it's going to be more of that than it is. This is what happens in a movie when you introduce it with no stakes and also deprive it of like charisma very much because like surfer dude had no stakes right had yeah. no stakes but like you had matthew mcconaughey just having a good time on screen yeah can't and go like, wrong with that yeah and that sort of made it work whereas this is like boring and despicable and has just absolutely no stakes i know and just yeah like nothing happens the music is really bad the music is really aggressive it's a lot of kind of 90s dance music? I think there was one song called Sex in a Car or Sex on the Road or something as (laughs) if we didn't get enough of the like this movie is incredibly horny. Yeah, it's it's probably when the butt car is doing its butt car thing. Oh god, I've discovered the plot keywords for Cool World. Yes, I was going to ask you about this. I would like this to be a returning segment because I was unaware that it existed on, is it IMDB or is it on? It's it's on IMDB. Yep, Hit, hit me, hit me. Oh, God. Okay, so I'm just... I'm going to find some choice ones. Uh, Beauty is a Weapon. (laughs) Uh, White Panties. Uh, (laughs) Nipples Visible Through Clothing. (laughs) Uh, Unfaithfulness. Unfaithful Wife. Cheating Wife. Uh, Sex with a Cartoon Character. Uh, Let's see. Censored Profanity. Farting. Uh, Half-Dressed Cartoon Animal. It's doing the Google search for you. Male-female relationship. Hmm. Uh. Hmm. Tenuous (laughs) at best. (laughs) I disagree with that one. 
urination is a plot keyword here. <laughs> uh, spiral staircase is one. Oh, sure. this movie has this weird pretension in it too, right? Because they have these like Hitchcock shots toward the end where they're like chasing each other up a stairwell. Yeah. And they're like clearly really trying to make a real movie here. And I kind of feel bad for them because did they did not know? Did they not know what they did? <laughs> no one told them. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, scam is scam. a part for this movie, which is totally right on. I love this. Oh no. Uh, okay, uh, so what's the dude's name? Who ma- Ralph Bakshi? He yeah. he wrote the film. He also, I believe, directed the film. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in a very tacky move, he originally wanted to call Hollywood Debbie Dallas after Debbie does Dallas. Uh, yep. Also, Nails the Spider is borrowed, it says, from Bakshi's own, quote, Christmas in Tattertown character, Sydney the Spider. And I, if you'll excuse me, I have to go watch all of Christmas in Tattertown to understand <laughs> the origin story of this man's horrible mind. I need to know more. Even though I don't want to know more, I need to know more. <laughs> There's more. Okay. He's created more of this. Uh during a meeting mid-production, Kim Basinger told Ralph Bakshi and Frank Mancusco Jr., the writers, mm-hmm. that this would be wonderful if she could show this movie to sick children in hospitals. What? 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 She said that? She said that before she filmed it? Bakshi replied, Kim, I think that's wonderful, but you've got the wrong guy to do that with. Why didn't you tell me that on the way in? Why are you telling me that halfway through the picture? <laughs> As if that would have changed anything. There's there's a goofs section of this movie, which of this on IMDb, which feels just how would you do that for this? There, how do there you? There can't be continuity errors. <laughs> like, it's a cartoon. I mean, unless there is, because there seemed to be a lack of oversight. Oh, oh well. I do know one one piece of trivia is that I remember reading um, that Brad Pitt originally wanted to play the character of the artist, the Gabriel Byrne character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the director, I believe, was on board with that as well. But the production, uh, the producers nixed it. They were like, absolutely not. You got to be charming. You got to be a good guy. Can you imagine <laughs> what kind of movie this would be if he were the... I, I, don't, I don't know who the protagonist is. But... There is no... The protagonist is the first person to turn the movie off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, one of the goofs is when Jack and Holly are about to have sex, Jack can be heard moaning, but in an up-close shot, when Holly gets on top of him, his mouth doesn't move at all. Whoops. Uh-huh. I guess. Uh-huh. I guess that's how ADR works. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, if, you could, I, yeah. if you could be be a character in this movie, I hate to say it. I hate to ask it. I hate to think about it. Who would you oh, be? I, who would you be? Because I know my answer right away. Mm, well, then you have to go first. I'm going to need a minute. All right. I mean, the old man who tells him to live well. <laughs> like, that's, that guy's the hero of the movie. He, he pops in, he pops out. He does what he came to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to be anyone in this movie, but I guess if I had to pick a character... Oh, you know what actually would be cool? I would like to be the scientist guy. Who understands how oh, the Doc spike Whispers? works? Yeah, I'll be Do- yeah. Doc Whispers all day. A awesome mustache, incredible mustache, A plus mustache. Also, B understands how anything works, and I could have like a teaching moment. I also we should talk about Doc Whiskers for a second because uh, he also he seems to be living in the real world for quite some time 
in a trench coat and a hat and a scarf, but like he doesn't follow them there. He's just living there, like wrapped up like a Jawa, uh, <laughs> just waiting, waiting for at some point a cartoon person to like show up. Yeah. He. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's. It seems like maybe he's been there since the forties, just hanging. Oh yeah. Waiting. Maybe. Well, I picked a bad time to want to be that guy. <laughs> but sorry I mean, to ruin him for you. I didn't. No, I, I didn't mean, mean I, to I probably relate. saw a lot of interesting stuff while I was hanging out there. It's. I mean, Vegas from the forties to the nineties. Yeah. yeah, you'll see a lot. Yeah, I saw a lot of deterioration and a lot of commerce. So you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of mob. You probably saw. Uh, when did Mo, when did uh, uh, Bugsy Siegel die? You probably saw that. I probably saw Frank Sinatra Jr. do a bunch of stuff that you don't get to see him do in this movie. It's prob- <laughs> probably you probably got to bunch see Frank Sinatra Jr. get made. Yeah. Uh, oh well. well, this movie was uh, just an absolute abomination. This movie uh, was my fault, and like I, I feel, I feel gross. I feel like I have. Like a psych- psychic, a psychological slime that I gotta scrub off. Yeah, my brain <clears throat> I mean, and my body. This this was sort of I don't know what's what was grosser between this and Highway, yeah. but like these definitely sort of slink to the bottom of the like moral depravity of the movies that we've watched. Yeah, I don't know who the fucking target audience is either. I could not tell you. It's cartoon porn enthusiasts. I can tell you. I mean, I guess that. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a gimme. But, I mean, as far as reaching America, all of America, for big box office numbers, maybe they just overshot it and thought that that, <laughs> that particular demographic was a bigger slice of the pie. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that, like, people saw... I, I, maybe it was there was, like, a cultural phenomenon around Jessica Rabbit, yeah. kind of, and they're like, well, we could, let's just do that. And let's really go all in on, like, let's fuck the cartoon character. Yeah. Uh, that's the only explanation I can see. Yeah, it's the only explanation there could be, right? Because someone wrote this movie. Someone sat Correct. down and they wrote it. I mean, someone definitely drew it. A lot of people definitely drew mm-hmm. it. And I mm-hmm. hold them all accountable um, and in contempt. But I, <laughs> <laughs> But someone wrote it and thought it was a movie... And that person just could not stop thinking about wanting to fuck a cartoon. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, this guy did Fritz the Cat. The director did Fritz the Cat. What? And he did the Lord of the Rings movies, which makes sense, and he did Wizards. Uh, Whoa. No way. Yeah, so this was the last movie he did. Yeah, it was. It's the last time he'll work in that town again. How could it not be? But, uh, yeah, I mean, that he has 72 director credits. Wow. Holy shit. Are they for television or for films? Uh, I, I assume a lot he's of films. Made, he's made more than a couple of films. This is shocking news. Not so much yeah, the Yeah, this Fritz is like a professional. Part. So yeah, he directed wow. that? He was like the brain, it was his brainchild? Uh, I... Yeah, I think so. Looks like that makes, probably wrote and directed Fritz the Cat. That makes the, uh, nothing has ever made more sense than that. I've never seen that. It's I have it's not ever X-rated. seen it, but after watching this movie, I watched some clips from it because I needed to like understand what like 
is this, I wanted to know, is this like a similar wavelength with dirty cartoons? I mean, it was an X-rated cartoon. I don't believe it was like terribly explicit, but you definitely saw like boobies and like cartoons hi- having like sex behind like a sheet or something. Like it was mm. suggestive for the 70s. It might have been worse. Right, I know orthodox also... Jews, you got to do it through the sheet. <laughs> um, <laughs> through a sheet. <laughs> uh, well. Well. We have gifted everyone the experience of secondhand watching this movie. Um, Congratulations, everybody. You're uh, welcome. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully saved you from having to go through this experience. Yeah, don't watch the movie. Watch the trailer, don't. though. 100% watch oh, yeah. the trailer, just so you get a little a little taste. Right, but just, just then, then know that there's nothing more for you from it. No, nothing good can come of more than about two and a half minutes of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe just do two and a half minutes of research so you can see mm-hmm. all of the bouncing butts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could make a good supercut. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, until next time, uh, I'll be Henry. I will continue to be Michelle. And experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.